Will you turn with me, please, to the scriptures? I was asked, do I have a cold? I don't have a cold, so don't be worried about uh, catching something. I don't have a cold. It's uh, an old sinus and ear thing. It's just been playing me up recently, and so I don't have the cold. Some have asked me, so I'm not spreading anything around you, so you're okay. Uh, Turn with me to John chapter 5, please. John's Gospel, chapter 5, this morning. We want to look simply at the title, Search the Scriptures. Search the Scriptures. John chapter 5 and verse 39 and verse 40. The Lord Jesus is the speaker. Search the Scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. And you will not come to me that you might have life. Let's read it again. Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. And you will not come to me that you might have life. And the Lord will bless the reading of his word public this morning. Let's just by in a word of prayer. Our Father, this morning we thank you for the remembrance that we have had of your Son around the table of the new covenant which you made for us to be saved with us, to be with you. Lord, to all who would call on your name would be saved through the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, this morning for so many come into this tent. We thank you, Lord, that you've filled it. We thank you, Lord, for the hearts and the people that are here who have come from different walks of life, different families and problems. And Lord, as our faces differ, so do our needs. And this morning we pray, Lord, that you would help us to find Christ among and through everything. That as we look at the word of God this morning, Lord, that you would deem it fit to come and to deal and to speak and to move among us and to us, even as you deem it to be. So, Father, I pray that you bless and encourage those who are here for the children and for the teachers and the leaders now, down to the children's church. Lord, we pray for a blessing to be upon them. Lord, that something would be said to Lord, to strike deep into their little hearts for time and eternity, and even for the babies and those who look after them down in the crash, we pray, O oh God, that you would let them know your sense, the sense of your presence with them. To those who are watching live or later, we pray your blessing also to be upon them. Help us all, Lord, to be settled in our heart and our mind, taking away any distracting thoughts, binding opposing spirits, And, Lord, that your word would have free course in the midst of us to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ, your Son. So, Holy Spirit, have your way and take your own word and write in it triumphantly, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord Jesus, speaking to the Jews of his day, he tells them that they're looking for Messiah that they look and they study the Scripture. And by this time, they have all Babylonian Talmudism has come into it. And the thoughts of the Jews behind it, their leaders, and they have, if you want, mongrelized the very Word of God. They look more to, to the tradition of men as it's known as, rather than the weightier commandments of God. And the Lord Jesus, speaking to these Jews, he says, search the Scriptures. In other words, in the, I think it's the revised version, and I don't use other versions other than the King James, but they say, ye search the Scriptures, meaning that they do search the Scriptures. So when Jesus is saying, search the Scriptures, he's saying, for in them you think you have eternal life, and you're looking for Messiah to come, but he's standing in front of you. He's right before you. Doesn't it show you the blindness of eyes? Doesn't it show you the deadness of the heart? When Christ is right before our eyes, the answer is right in front of us. Just like 
these Jews of his day, sometimes we look and we can read. And we can sit down whether it's morning or afternoon or evening or throughout the night. And sometimes we read the page and it seems flat to us. And see if the Spirit of God come to lift the word, to quicken it, to give us the rima as it's known, the quicken enlightened word to our hearts. It seems sometimes as if the scripture is flat. But really the scripture is always living. It's always alive. And it's when we read it under the anointing of the Spirit, that's what matters and that's what counts. And that's when God speaks to our hearts and we realize the strength in it. We get led by it. We get fed by it. And the strength of that, uh, that dream of word to our hearts is the living word, like as Spurgeon said, like a lion jumping out from behind a thicket to grab us. And we realize, even if, if it's a convicting word, we wrestle with it and maybe we don't even like it. But what we find is that throughout that time, God's word lives in us and starts to deal with us. And the word of God changes us, turns us around, gives us the strength to know that he's been speaking to us. You know, when God speaks to you sometimes and you're reading the word and this illuminates to your heart and mind and you you get the idea you get the leading of God in it it's precious it's something that even if all the world as they said to Martin Luther the world is against you when he was going to nail his 95 theses to the to the door of the Wittenberg Cathedral 1517 it says the world's against you but Martin Luther had the word the, the rima, the quickened word to his heart, uh, the just shall live by faith. And on that, Martin Luther says, then I am against the whole world. Brother, sister, search the scriptures. Search the scriptures until Jesus comes through. Search the scriptures until Christ speaks loudly. Search the scriptures until you get the leading that you need. And listen, it might be something you don't like, but nevertheless, you might wrestle with it as Jacob did, wrestling with the angel of the Lord all night. But nevertheless, you might wrestle, you might not like it, but the Word of God is for your good. The Word of God is truth. And so, brothers and sisters, search the Scriptures until you find Him. Search the scriptures in every situation of your life and everything that comes against you and every situation that you're looking at. Search the scriptures until you find him. When you find the word, as it were, or the word finds you really, but when you find that which you need, then you've found Christ for he is the word of God. Jesus said, search the scriptures. Can I ask you a question? Have you read your Bible this week? Have you actually lifted the book and read it? Can I ask you another question? Have you read your Bible this morning? Have you searched to find what God would say to you? Have you looked until you find what you need to hear? Not what you want to hear, not what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. Search the Scriptures. And the Jews were searching the Scriptures looking for Messiah. And Messiah was right in front of them. And in their blindness and hardness of heart, they couldn't see him. They couldn't find him. But brothers and sisters in Christ this morning, if you are Christ's, then you have him within you. The Spirit of God, he lives in you. And if he lives in you, and since he lives in you, then the word will be for you. And you'll find it. He says, you'll seek me. You will find me. When you search for me with all of your heart, and I will be found of you.
So the Lord Jesus is saying, you're seeking the scriptures for Messiah. Here's your salvation in these scriptures. In a sense, that was right. But they missed him. They missed the Lord Jesus in front of them. They missed everything. The Lord Jesus, the word of the Father, he is the word that was with God and is God. He is the one clothed in flesh. And and, and being there, he's standing before them and with their natural view, vision, and sight, they can see nothing but a man. See, Jesus is the, if you want, the, the, the Alpha and the Omega, or the Aleph and the Tav, and the, Tav in the, in the Hebrew, uh, and he's the Alpha and Omega in the Greek. He's the A, A to Z, if you want, in the English. He's, he's ev- everything of the Father. He is every expression of God. He is every word. He's, all, he's it all, encapsulated. He's it all embodied. And when we find him, when we find him, we find life. When we find him, we find all that we need. Everything. All the promises of God in him are yea and in him are amen. Everything centralized, fixed and focused. In the person of the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And hence before them he says, search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. He's saying to the Jews here, when you're seeking the scriptures meticulously, have you found me yet? Can you see me yet? Brothers and sisters, the deadness of our hearts, the blindness of our eyes. Before we got saved, we couldn't see him. Neither could we find him. But in his grace, in his sovereign mercy and grace, he opened our blinded eyes. He quickened our deadened spirits. And he showed us himself. He showed us himself. And there was our salvation in the Lamb of God. Search the scriptures, he says. So here's the question. Do you? Do you? Many Christians go all week without lifting the word of God. Many Christians go all week without searching the Scriptures. And so the admonition of Christ to the church this morning would be, search the Scriptures until you see me in them. Christ in all the Scripture. Search the Scriptures till you find me there. And when you find him there, you will glorify him. You will exalt him. You will love him even more than before. Search the scriptures for the name you think you have eternal life. There are those who are so engulfed and entrenched in religious uh, in religious ways. Even going to church every week. Some would even put some Christians to shame because they live a great lifestyle and they go to church, but they have never searched the Scriptures until Christ has, as it were, jumped out like the lion behind the thicket to arrest them. Never searched the Scriptures. When When the Lord Jesus here says search the scriptures, he means the Old Testament because the New Testament is just taking place in time. We're in John's Gospel, chapter 5. So when this happened, John's Gospel hadn't been written yet. So when he says the scriptures, it means the Old Testament. And yet there are many believers who think the Old Testament is antiquated and 
all done away with and we must forget about the Old Testament claiming we're just New Testament Christians. Brothers and sisters, you see, the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. I want you to get this. The Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. And the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. And if you want to fully understand even the New Covenant, the New Testament, even as Pastor Glenn read around the table, Jeremiah 31 and 31, Behold, the day has come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel, with the house of Judah. If you want to understand things like that, you, you have to understand the New Testament. And to understand the old, you must understand the new. And understand the new, you must understand the old. They're not just two different testaments as people think and they're juxtapositioned one to another and we have an Old Testament angry God and then we have this lovely, uh, supple, soft and playable Savior, God number two. And hence, people search and they search and they don't find because they look to the wrong places. They look in the wrong way. They don't look through the eyes of the Holy Spirit of God. And they can't see that one complements the other. Jeremiah 31, verses 31, as we have quoted in the pastor read, you read Hebrews chapter 8, Hebrews chapter 10, you read 1 Corinthians 11. It's all this covenant that we broke bread this morning and drank from the cup. It flows along. We have the types, the shadowings, the foreshadowings, the prophecies. And Jesus says, search the scriptures. They speak of me. And you Jews are looking for salvation. Well, you're not going to get it if you don't get me. And what is known as Judeo-Christianity the Judeo-Christians, they're trying to help the Jews become more Jewish. And doing that, you're, you're showing and proving their damnation to hell. Because Christ is the one before them. He's the Messiah. Brothers and sisters here, the word search is the word araneo. 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 Listen, it means to inquire, to seek, and to investigate diligently. And Jesus is saying, you search the scriptures and you inquire, you seek diligently. You investigate them. And yet I am right up front of you and you can't see me. You can't recognize all that is said about me. I am here before you. Many times do we go to uh, gospel meetings and we even preach the word and there are people who, they have some sort of a a religion about them, but, but again, they're seeking the wrong Jesus. Maybe they've come because they feel a little bit religious and they're seeking the wrong God. They think they know who they seek. The world seeks all sorts of gods, as as it were. But even those who are superstitious seek the wrong God. They think of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Is this a God who will let all into his glorious heaven, no matter how we live and the lifestyle that we have done? And walked in. And they've got the wrong ideas about God. And it means they're completely lost. They're bereft. Of any eternal life. Or now to inquire. To seek. Or to investigate. I looked this up, this word, just... To see what the English would say about it, Merriam-Webster's Dictionary on the word search. To look into 
or over-carefully or thoroughly in an effort to find or discover something. It's quite similar to the Greek text. To look right into it, we can sing the hymns. People can sing the hymns and people can go to church regardless of denomination or whatever. People can go to church. Come here even too. People can even profess, well, you know, I believe in God, but they don't know Him. My concern is that there would be some in this assembly who are the same and don't really know Him. They have a sense of religion. But there's no real change in life. There's no real desire for the Word. There's no real passion for Christ. Now, please, please, I'm not condemning anyone. Please don't think that. I, I truly am not. It's a concern that sometimes when we don't see much growth or after a long time we don't see any change, one must wonder that it's by their fruits you should know them. They could sing the songs and come to church. They could look the part even and say the sort of right things. They don't know him. For when you start to search the scriptures to find him, the Lord Jesus, when you start to really search for him, his promises you'll find him. I will be found of you, he says. But when he finds you, he changes you because he challenges you. Anytime I, my pastor would have preached on something that was challenging, some may have found offense in it. And they, as it were, wanted to shoot the messenger. But every time I, I found something that challenged me, I rejoiced in it because I felt alive. I felt alive. I felt that even though I was being challenged and conviction hit my heart, I, I knew there was a communion between me and him. But when we come in and there's no challenge, no conviction of heart resulting in no change, or when you go home, you know, it doesn't die in you around the dinner table. But even that night it's in you. The next day it's in you. And your mind and heart is set on course on a certain direction. Lord, I will start to implement this. And even though sometimes we, we stumble at it, sometimes we, we backslide at it as it were, we fail at it, yet our hearts, because the word doesn't change and it is living in us, it sets us on a course that we must travel. I was talking to Alison yesterday about retirement. <laughs> retirement. I was writing tonight's message until oh, late afternoon, and I just got to finish from early morning. I said, Alison, we'll take the dog out for a walk because it won't get dark, and we'll sure we'll take him down. I'll walk down right through uh, the the road, uh, up the road from us, and we'll, we'll go down between the fields, wherever. We'll see, you know, where we'll go with them, and we're walking, and uh, start to talk about things, and about, you know, how we're looking for a building, and how we're looking for somewhere to build, or a building, and, and I says, you know, Alton, it's strange, because I mentioned one or two 
ministers who already have their retirement planned and they're my age. I'm 57. Who said that? That was my father. What? <laughs> I says, and we're talking about, I says, they're, they've all this in line. They've their retirement all planned out at 65. They're all around my age. I says, I'm looking to put up a building. <laughs> And the grow God's work. And by the, by the time they're retiring, I'm hoping to be in full flight. To me, and this isn't a condemnation to them, by the way, this is me personally. But to me, you see, you might change your job. If you don't like it and the boss bit hard on you, you might change your job or even for, you know, better money or whatever it might be. As far as I'm concerned, I can't change my job. Because my boss is in heaven. And he sets your course. Years ago, out walking, early in the morning, I'm talking about 25 years ago, maybe more, I used to meet with another fellow from the church. We used to go away out in this wee country area. Nobody about. Would have stood out in the country and prayed. Or if it was raining, we went to a hall down in Whitewell and we prayed early in the morning, maybe half five in the morning. Used to do it all the time. And he says to me, Ken, do you want to be a pastor? I says, no, I don't. Never but I'd like to be an evangelist to win souls. He says, I really want to be a pastor. I said, no, no thanks, not for me. I want to be an evangelist to win souls. And the Lord had a different thing for me to do and made me become the pastor of a flock. And I didn't want it. I'm saying that to say this, brothers, sisters, sometimes when God speaks into our life, it isn't always what we want, but it's his will be done, not my will. And God places us in places and puts us on courses and on the road to certain things that we really do not want it to happen. We wish it was never so, but in that sense, God has placed us there put us on that path and God has said it's my will son it's my will daughter and you can fight against it and you can kick it against the pricks as the Lord said to Saul before he became Paul it's hard for thee to kick against the pricks he said and they were bars that went along the, the front of the cattle when they were pulling in plow two at a time and if they pulled out a line it would have hit their shins and they felt it oh better stay in line And the Lord says, Saul, it's hard for you to kick against the pricks or the goats. It's hard for you to kick against these because I have a course for you. I have a a plan for you to, to go on in my will, not in yours. In my ways, not in yours. And sometimes, brothers and sisters, if you search the Scriptures, God might just say to you, Thus and thus, saith the Lord. You may not like it. You may not want to do it. And I've told you about it a couple of times in 1999-ish, 98 it was actually. Alice and I were married. We're married 26 years soon, aren't we? In March. So... We weren't long married. And I was asked to go to Romania. I'm seeking the Lord and reading his word. I need something and the pages seem flat. But I started and I kept searching the scriptures and searching the scriptures. 
And one day out walking over, uh, well, it's meant to be a golf course. It was a park with a wee silly golf course. But anyway, walking over, I used to walk over where I used to drink and take drugs. And we were up on the hill and I used to pray over it all the time. Lord, see these people I run around with. Lord, there's good people there. Uh, Lord, they're decent people. Don't let them go to hell. Lord, will you save them? And this day, as clear as I'm standing before you, the Lord said, sell all that you have, or pardon me, give all that you have away and sell nothing and go to Romania. Give everything. It was a case of, son, you've been asking me, haven't you? You've been asking me, so I'm telling you. And I says, Lord, I believe this. This is really you, isn't it? This is my mind, this is my head. Give all you have away, sell nothing, and go to Romania. And my words were, okay, Lord, but would you please tell Alison by the time I get home? <laughs> and I got home and I had already told her because she was, she was standing weeping in the kitchen. I says, what's wrong? She came to the word where Jesus fell on his face in Gethsemane. Lord, and she just broke over it. She found him in the scripture. And he says, I've done it for you. And if I'd done this for you, you'd give all up for me. Give all up for me. And off we went. Give it all away. And that's not a, oh, aren't you wonderful? That's not what that's for. Making the trying to give you an illustration of a point here that when you seek him, you will find him. When you search for him with all of your heart, he says, I will be found of you, but you might not like what you hear. But if you yield to his word, even this morning, if you yield to his word, I can guarantee you, brothers and sisters, you'll find that his presence makes the feast. You'll find that you'll be closer to him. And as the hymn writer said, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather Than riches unfold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or lands. I'd rather be led by his nail-pierced hands than to be. When he says search the scriptures, the Jews had been searching the scriptures, but they were bereft because there was no spirit of God there. I want to give you an example, if you'll turn with me to Genesis 31. This word, Araneor, it to inquire, to seek, and to investigate. Genesis 31, please. And this in the in the Septuagint version. Um, the Septuagint, uh, I know, I know, most of you know because I've told you before on numerous occasions. But just in case someone doesn't, the Septuagint is the Old Testament written in Greek as well as the New. 
So the Septuagint, written in Greek, and the corresponding word, areneo, to search and to investigate, it's seen as a type here, if you want to put it for other words. Um, chapter 31, please. Let your eye run down um, to verse 17. Then Jacob rose up and set his sons and his wives upon camels. He carried away all his cattle and all his goods, which he had gotten in the cattle of his getting, which he had gotten in Padanaram for to go to Isaac, his father in the land of Canaan. And Laban went to shear his sheep, and Rachel had stolen the images that were her father's. And Jacob stole, stole away unawares to Laban the Syrian, and that he told him, not that he fled. So he fled with all that he had, and he rose up and passed over the river and set his face toward Mount Gilead. And it was told Laban on the third day that Jacob was fled, and he took his brethren with him and pursued him seven days' journey. And they overtook him in Mount Gilead. And God said to Laban the Syrian in a dream by night, and said unto him, Take heed, that thou speak not to Jacob either good or bad. And Laban overtook Jacob. Now Jacob had pitched his tent in the mount, and Laban with his brethren pitched in the mount of Gilead. And Laban said to Jacob, What hast thou done that thou hast stolen away unawares to me and carried away my daughters as captives taken with the sword? Wherefore didst thou flee away secretly and steal away from me and didst not tell me that I might have sent thee away with mirth and with songs and with tabret and with a harp. And hast not suffered me to kiss my sons and my daughters, thou hast now done foolishly in doing so. It is in the power of my hand to do you hurt. But the God of your father spake unto me yesternight, saying, Take thy heed that thou speak not to Jacob, either good or bad. And thou, though thou wouldest needs be gone, because... Thou sore longest after thy father's house, yet wherefore hast thou stolen my gods? Notice this. This is Laban's gods, small g. Carried away by Jacob and his entourage without Jacob's knowledge. But take note, you've stolen my gods. And Jacob answered and said, Laban, said to Laban, Because I was afraid, for I said peradventure that thou wouldest take by force thy daughters from me. With whomsoever thou findest thy gods, let him not live before our brethren. Discern thou what is, in, what is thine with me, and take it to thee. For Jacob knew not that Rachel had stolen them. And Laban went unto Jacob's tent, and into Leah's tent, and into the two maidservants' tents. But he found them not. Then went he out of Leah's tent, and entered into Rachel's tent. Now Rachel had taken the images and put them in the camel's furniture and sat upon them. And Laban searched all the tent, but he found them not. And he said to her father, and she said to her father, Let it not displease my Lord that I cannot rise up before thee, for the custom of woman is upon me. And he searched and found not the images. And the reason I'm reading that is because in the Septuagint, the idea that Laban comes looking for his gods, small g, of course, comes looking for them. And he starts to search everywhere for them. Turns over everything. He goes into Leah's tent, and he reads it out, as it were. Turns it over, searches for it. He comes out, he goes into uh, Rachel's tent, Turns over everything and he searches for it. In other words, he searches here and there and everywhere. And as he comes to search at the camel, Jacob had said, listen, do you see whoever has stolen this? Not knowing that it was Rachel had taken her daddy's gods. Whoever has done this, he says, then he says, we'll take her and you can do what you will. In other words, you can put them to death if you want. And it was his own daughter, which Laban was actually going to search, and, and she was menstruating. That's what she told Laban anyway. I'm sitting on the camel. I can't get up, daddy. So it's a woman's problem thing. 
and the gods were hidden under her. These idols. As Laban went from one tent to the other tent to the camel to Jacob and back and forward, in and out, turning against the idea, he turned over everything. If he had had a chest of drawers, which I don't think they had then, he pulled them out and emptied them out. It means he searched everywhere for these idols. The exact same word is used by our Lord Jesus. Araneo. He says, you are turning over everything. You're searching everything. You're accepting almost everything but who I am. And brothers and sisters, there are those who would try everything in every religion and every sense of spirituality to say, well, we're spiritual. That's what you hear now. I'm spiritual. Well, people who are spiritual are not saved. Spiritual experiences. Spiritual ists. I seen a big poster not so long ago of uh, up where they were having a whole big uh, spiritualist night down in Belfast. And brothers and sisters, they think that they're getting close to God for they're entering, as it were, the spiritual world. And these spirits, spiritualists are not bringing up, as it were, or challenging your relatives who have gone on, who have died. They're not doing it. They are demon spirits that they're speaking through them. They are demonic spirits. And hence here, the idea is that people are thinking to be spiritual is enough, and it isn't enough. Spiritual people are not saved. Spiritual people will go to hell. Spiritual people are in touch with demonic spirits, evil spirits. And the Lord in His Word says, if you search the Scriptures, He says to have nothing to do with the soothsayer. I've heard recently of spiritual nights in the churches. Let's have spiritual nights. Spiritual nights are not of God. My spirit-filled, Holy Ghost-filled meetings are different. But if you go to a church, if you go to a meeting, you go to an assembly, and they do not present, promote, and exalt the Lord Jesus Christ, if they don't preach Him, then the Holy Ghost isn't there. Because the chief office of the Holy Spirit is to take the things from the Son of God and to show it unto you. The chief office of the Holy Spirit is to show Christ to you. Laban searched for his gods, but did not find them. And Jesus is saying, likewise in this passage, there are people like these Jews who are searching, as it were, in the same manner for Messiah, for salvation. They don't find me. They're never saved. They're looking for the wrong God. The Jews searched the Scriptures meticulously, but it proved faultless to them, for they cannot see Christ nor regard them as prophetic signposts who through prophets point to the one who was standing before them. If they had to realize what their own prophets were saying, so to speak, or Israel's prophets before, but what's in the Scripture? If they had have looked at it and realized this man is fulfilling They, like Laban, are searching for their gods. They come to a fruitless, wasteful end. 
listen to this. In verse 40 of our reading, the Lord says, of the scriptures, they testify of me. And then in verse 40, and ye will not come to me. Notice, and ye will not come to me. And ye will not come to me that you might have life. Try everything else. Run to everyone else. Rather than to hide in the cleft of the rock. Rather than hiding in Christ. So when he says search the scriptures and I'll round this up and close this. I'll maybe do part two next week. When he says search the scriptures here, the word scriptures is the word graphe. It's where we would get our word for uh, graphite, for example. We would write with a piece of graphite. A graph. He says if you search them meticulously, they'll speak of me. And the, the, the idea of searching this graphe or the scriptures here in Exodus 32, let's turn to it and we'll, we'll close in a couple of minutes with this. Exodus 32. Let your eye run down, if you will, please, to verse 15. Now take note. And Moses turned and went down from the mount, and the two tables of the testimony were in his hand. The tables were written on both their sides, on the one side and on the other they were written. And the tables were the work of God, and the writing was the writing of God graven upon the tables. Now we know this is the Ten Commandments on the two tables written on front and back. Do you see the words? Search the scriptures were graphe. Well, as, as certain as engraved and as sure as the Ten Commandments were on those tables of stone, the Septuagint leads us also to this portion of scripture of Exodus 32. Do you see how this is written about God and his people? The first four. Vertical between God and man. The next six between man and man, horizontal. As sure as they are written, as sure as they are engraven in the stone, as sure as they are permanently set, so the scriptures are exactly the same the whole way through the Old Testament speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the idea of this. Jesus is saying, you search the Scriptures, the Old Testament, meticulously investigate them. You think think that you have eternal life in them, but you don't see me. And yet they're embodied in it all. They're engraven in it all. Just the way your Ten Commandments are, so is every word about Christ. Unmovable. Listen to what Jesus says in John 10 and verse 26 to the Jews. I want you to catch this. Denise, will you let the children know they can come up, please? This is me finished. John 10. Verse 26. Listen to what he says to them. But ye believe not. Notice. But ye believe not. Why? Moses says, somebody shut it out. Because you're not of my sheep. Now let's look at this for a minute. 
But ye believe not because you're not of my sheep. I'm going to say it again. I want you to understand what I'm going to say here. But ye believe not because ye are not of my sheep. Many of them were proselytes and not true Israelites. But listen, but ye believe not because you're not of my sheep. He didn't say, he didn't say you're not my sheep because you won't believe. He didn't say you're not my sheep because you won't believe. He says you won't believe because you're not my sheep. Big difference, isn't there? Brothers and sisters, when Christ says to search the Scriptures, He says, you'll find me, but I'll challenge you with words. I'll challenge you with promptings and leadings, which you might not understand or even like. But my sheep, what do He say? Hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me. That's election. That's election. Would you go seek his face today? Tomorrow, will you go and seek him and say, Lord, lead me and show me until he does, until you find him, will you search the scriptures, until he speaks to you? And when he does, even if you don't like it, and you might wrestle with him, will you implement it in your life? Because it'll be for your good. It'll be for your good. God bless his word to us this morning. I trust it was a challenge to you. But I trust it was a blessing and a help as well. May God bless you this morning.